You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The following program is intended for immature audiences only. Don't think, just listen. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and welcome to another edition of Online with Bill Alexander. Here on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV Channel 77 as we broadcast live from the Phil Giannetti Motors Studio, high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. Hey, if you're looking for a quality pre-owned vehicle, give Chip a call, 724-785-6800 and tell him Bill sent you, won't you? Anyway, hey everyone, glad you could join me again this week for another edition of Online with Bill Alexander and just uh, doing a little bit of cleanup before uh, we start our interview tonight with CB and Dan Hoffman. Um, those of you that were uh, asking me about music from The Lark and the Loon, uh, Jeff and Rocky Rolfson, uh, if you had the opportunity to listen to my program on WMCK, I played the whole album for you on the program, and it's also going to be rebroadcast tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on WMCK.FM. And also, a big shout-out to Shauncey uh, Ross, who joined us last week also as we talked about the, his uh, days in radio and the way the media is looking in 2019 and the future. As we uh, think, as we're predicting, <laughs> at least in the newspaper industry, it's going to look totally different in five years because I don't think there's going to be an actual hard-copy newspaper anymore, unfortunately. But enough of me talking about last week's program. Let's talk about this week's program. On the phone right now, I have... CB and Dan Hoffman. How are you doing this evening? Hi. We're doing great, thanks. So, CB, I want to address this to you first. So, you are a retired school teacher. That is true. (laughs) So, you you were teaching for, what, 29 years, correct? English and psychology, yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So when you retired, why didn't you do what a lot of teachers do and just relax and not worry about doing anything instead of starting another career as being an author and a um, public speaker and everything else? What made you jump into this new career? Well, the fact that I had started the career along with the teaching career, so it was in unison so it was when, when I was a, able to quit uh, teaching, it gave me the opportunity to jump in with both feet into uh, writing and, and the, the things that I was really developing a passion for. So the, the reason I ask is I've been teaching for 20 years. I have 10 more wow. left until retirement. <laughs> okay. Uh, what are you teaching? I actually, I am. I have uh, my master's in uh, secondary ed, and I also am an English and communications instructor. 
but uh-huh, bef- similar, huh? but before I got into education, I was a radio announcer um, throughout well, southwestern Pennsylvania, and I decided that uh, whenever radio stations were being bought up, it was time to get real work, and that's when I went and pursued my master's in education and uh, went from there. So, Wow, but, wow a real hustler. <laughs> <laughs> and I still do this yeah. on a regular basis, too. But anyway, the reason I ask that is because I know a lot of educators out there that keep, when I talk to them, they say, oh, when I retire, when I retire. But it, it is uh, becoming, I don't want to say um, more accepted, that when people retire, they are actually looking for second or third careers because they don't want to do nothing they just want to be able to enjoy themselves and actually work at their own pace and from what i'm getting from what i'm what i'm hearing from you and what i'm what i've read about you you actually do do this at your own pace unless your son who from what i also heard is the taskmaster that's making you do all this extra yeah. work yeah that's true um i i try to push her to do it more toward my pace so I'm, uh, it's kind of the difference between pace and my pace yeah it's not like Okay. It's just he's the one who decided when he liked the first book so much, he decided, hey, this is going to be a trilogy. And I thought, you're kidding me. <laughs> so, yeah, so, uh, yeah. And he also was the one who convinced me to record the trilogy for audible.com, which I did. And now he's the driving force behind the creation of the audio dramas that we are doing for our own podcast. Yeah. So she was teaching, but um, so this was a side hustle for both of us okay. for the longest time. It's really cool that uh, she's able to focus her time uh, completely on it. It's uh, it's really um, been a long time coming and a, an answer to prayer and and uh, everything else. So we're really happy to, um, to have such such time and resources to focus on it. And so it- I actually writing over 30 years ago okay and dan your career um you're a graphic designer and a web designer and developer and photographer videographer director and video editor so you've pretty much done everything (laughs) you can in media in some way shape or form it's true and most of it um you know a lot of it so graphic design i did go to school for that and i went to school for marketing okay and uh, the I had assisted a photographer, uh, you know, I was working full-time and going to school part-time in Orlando, and um, a photographer that we insured at the insurance company I was working for, uh, you know, he asked me if I wanted to pick up some work one night shooting at Universal Studios, and I would literally just be loading and unloading his Suburban, and I could pick up, you know, a couple hundred bucks, and, you know, it was from, uh, like, midnight to 4 a.m. or something like that on a Friday, but I did it, and I just kind of fell in love with uh, photography, and he didn't teach me a lot of the technical stuff, okay. but I learned the process and what a professional photographer goes through to get the shots that they get. And I mean, you're talking like three, four hours of setup in the studio sometimes. And so, you know, I think that it was really cool to work with him as a creative professional and just kind of see that like really nothing else matters. You know, nobody cares the work you put into a shot. They just want an excellent shot. Right. So uh, that was really um you know, develop, uh, helped me develop as a creative professional. That was even before I went to design school. So I kind of uh, grew up with that. And then moving into New York and starting graphic, well, finishing graphic 
uh, design school there, I uh, fell in love with photography. I finally got a DSLR and a lens or two and a tripod, and I would go up to the rooftops in New York and shoot long exposures at night, and I really kind of learned aperture and shutter and some of those things. And you know, and then uh, videography and, and, and video editing has really only been in probably the last five years. You know, just started trying to do it myself. And uh, my wife and I took off a year and traveled, and we were trying to be travel bloggers, content creators. So, uh, you know, we're just trying to uh, figure it all out ourselves. But it's funny the way that all these different uh, skill sets that you just pick up along the way can kind of become really important to what you're trying to do. So, CB, you you made a comment that you've been writing for thirty years. Is it all? I mean, has it been short stories? Has it been novels? What were you writing before you published your first book? I was writing my first book. Oh, okay. Um, I was I was given the book in a dream uh, the night before I went into my very first classroom. It was like a I saw a legal pad, and on the legal pad was my handwriting on the first line uh she was accustomed to coming here she was an assassin and then i followed all the blank lines down to the bottom of the legal pad and it said and she fell into the arms of god and i woke up and i thought what in the world and it dawned on me hey this is this is a book so i had the beginning and the end just like god is the alpha and omega right and i and i had to make everything fit in between those parameters. <laughs> so I, I wrote it, hey, listen, I must have revised it 14 times. But then again, you know what it's like being an English teacher. Hmm. You're, you're constantly grading papers and so forth. And, you know, and then I was getting my master's degree during that time period, too. So whenever I could squeeze in time for writing, I could, and I felt so much peace in writing. So the question I have, which um, the books that you've written, the trilogy, which is about a um, <laughs> a fashion designer assassin, is that what I'm understanding? Yes. Yes. And it's He's also blackmailed. Yes. And it's a Christian suspense thriller. How is that possible? Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's possible because it really touches on reality. Okay. I mean, Christians, um, you know, before she really became a Christian, and this, this book about somebody who's finding their way to God after they've gone about as far away as they possibly could. Uh, she was her her father was an Olympic uh, sharpshooting hopeful, okay. and uh, didn't get to didn't get to follow his dream, and so he was training Alexa from a very early age to uh, to shoot, and so she's an excellent marksman and, and qualifies for the Olympics, and but uh, fashion design was always her dream, and there's a catastrophe that happens at the house, and uh, she flees thinking that she's the cause of uh, you know a, a major household catastrophe and uh, goes to France and uh, pursues her fashion design uh, career. And then somebody knows something about her and starts blackmailing her. He knows that she's gifted with the gun. So starts blackmailing her into doing that. Now, the other thing... also rebellion, yeah. Now, the other thing it's listed on this, too, it's it's a young adult comedy, which (laughs) I don't know how you could have a suspense thriller to be a young adult comedy. No, no, those are 
those are two different books. Oh, okay. Uh, um, that would make sense the then. The suspense thrillers yeah. okay. are the trilogy. And the young adult comedy is a book called Too Many Choices about quadruplets with the last name of choice. Ah, okay. I wrote I wrote that because I promised my last English class before retirement yeah. that I'd write about them and it it's about football players yeah the characters and all kinds yeah it's kind of a dra- a com- comedy drama you know high all, school yeah, drama. yeah yeah a lot of drama a lot of comedy in high school okay and uh, if from Netflix is listening I think we could write that indefinitely it's like yeah. two books <laughs> I think yeah, but we can follow them all the way through college and their kids. Yeah, and, yeah we can at least easily get 10 seasons out of that. Yeah, and then there's the washbuckler, uh, Royal Conspiracy. Okay. The, um, the Princess Slave. The Princess Slave. <laughs> so we have six books in Now, it, being it's 2019, you're self-publishing these, correct? Yes. Right. Okay. What is the advantage of, of self-publishing these compared to going to a publisher and going through that whole route? Uh, you know, let me jump in here, CB. I don't know if it is actually an advantage. Um, so we had been, CB had been submitting these for years and years to publishers, and it would always come back. It was very interesting. It was very well written. There were no spelling or grammatical errors. They would say it just doesn't meet our marketing needs at this time. Okay. And we would find out that less than 1% of authors ever get a book deal. And even if you do get a book deal, they expect you to do all of your own marketing and promotion yourself. So. This was, um, so I was in New York, had just finished design school, and I was walking home, and I said, hey, CB, whatever happened with your book? Because she actually had lined up a publisher who uh, received some devastating health news and had to close her business uh, before the uh, CB's books ever made it to print. And uh, so CB was a little bit down and said, oh, you know, it's kind of done. She had kind of given up for a little bit. And I said, well, let me hear it. And uh, she said, oh, you know, I don't want to read it. And I convinced her, and uh, she went over and got it. And she said, she was accustomed to coming here. She was an assassin embroiled in a sultry web. (laughs) That was just the first sentence. And I said, what? So I was. I didn't sound that that deep. That's my best Don LaFontaine. But um, so then she read the first uh, paragraph, and then that turned into the first chapter. And, you know, about where to go and how it is. Uh, you know, she had always told me how it is, and I said, no, no, we got to you know, somehow make that not final. we got to uh, somehow revive it for the second one. Oh, and that the third one. Yeah. yeah, and then, um, so it's just been, you know, if, if her first sentence, if I would really have loved the content, I would have just been like, oh, well, it's enough to fuck with that. You know, but I really loved it. Um, and, he, and so I decided I wanted to be a part of it, started talking about cover design. And uh, this was 2008, 2009. Okay. And so, so we had originally been looking into having, you know, 10,000 books printed and or, I mean, maybe $10,000 worth. I don't know. But uh, so, you know, it's pretty quick that, you know, that uh, your teacher's salary is not going to go real far as far as uh, book printing and Not your Florida teacher's salary, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, nice. I remember walking around work and seeing on the bus uh, station or the bus terminal or the bus stops, uh, the little enclosures, ads for the Kindle. And I remember thinking, okay, what is this thing? It's like right. 400 bucks, and you 
books on it. And then I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then uh, the iPad version one came out and they kept talking about how you could read books on that too and surf the web and everything else. And I was like, okay, I want one, you know? And then, so we started looking into it and um, NYU had like an adult ed class on e uh, e-publishing and e-books. Okay. And so I took that and it was class it was more for like the publishing industry but I learned that the file that you need to make is called an EPUB and you could actually lay that out with Adobe InDesign a page layout program that I use every day okay so I was like okay cool so just had to figure out how to turn you know uh, like the formatting into the EPUB and get the cover in there and and do all this other stuff and it's actually more like a web page than it is like a book if you will because uh, you know if you increase the font size you know, it, it'll reflow infinitely, you know what I mean? Kind of just like a long web page, you know, it just keeps flowing. Right. So, you know, once we figured out that technical part, then we were able to turn it into the ebook and there's, there's no fee for that. You just, you need to have it properly formatted and submit it to iTunes, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and then it's available. So this, so from a cost standpoint, uh, self-publishing now is more affordable than it's ever been. And we got all the uh, recording equipment, and uh, and CD would go to the Apple Store and learn GarageBand, and so she was able to turn uh, three books into audio books. And uh, so, and right now we're actually working on an audio drama podcast where we add the sound effects and the you know the sirens and the, and the fire and, and the, the gunshots. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, and the different voices, which is makes it all come alive. Yeah. So what you're saying to me, and I didn't know this because you're educating me right now. So if I want to cool. write a book and I want to put it on mm -hmm. Amazon or iTunes, it really doesn't cost me anything other than the software, correct? That, uh, you don't even – well, I mean, I suppose I suppose if you didn't have Adobe InDesign. Right. But there's a, a little bit of a learning curve with that program, but it's doable. But um, each platform has their own free software. I didn't so, know that. Uh, actually, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they all. Just kind of look into that, but they all have a. Uh, I think it might be an online kind of thing where you paste in your your text and it will help you with the formatting. The only thing with that is you would have to do that for all three platforms separately, right. because so they're not going to help each other. Of course. Not. And Bill, what are the advantages to me uh, um, online publishing is the fact that. I used to have a sex. There's romance in my books, but I don't have sex. Okay. I have drugs and all that kind of stuff. And I do that, prime, well, in honor of God and in honor of all the students, over 4,000 students I've taught, and I don't want them to say, mm. wow, you know, you sure, you talk one thing and you do something Some, else. Yeah. And, and I... I just I don't want that to be. So and that's good too for audiobooks. Uh, parents can listen to them with kids in the car, and they don't have to, uh, you know, hit pause and, right. and kind of blush. But you know, uh, there is romance, but no sex. And I think that's good for me too because I don't know how writing a uh, a love scene with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that is a, uh, that awkward. is a good point. Didn't yeah. didn't think of that. That's awkward. <laughs> yeah. But I, like I said, I've talked to many authors that are self-publishing, and I've never mm -hmm. actually asked them how they go about doing it. So how, yeah. how well are your books selling on, say, Amazon or Apple? How, how well are they selling? Have you found an audience? Well, they're, 
they're picking up. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that's primarily Audible the reason. Audible is doing well. Is yeah, it? that's primarily the reason that we're um, working on the the audio drama podcast. Is we need to build an audience base. Uh, CB was never really on Twitter or a lot of the social media platforms, so she's kind of just getting started with that. But you know, my wife is helping with that, and I'm helping you know design graphics and things for that. But it's really, really difficult because you there's there's no barriers to to put your stuff online. The barrier is getting the word out. Right. You know, how do you compete for marketing dollars with the big companies? How do you you have to find some guerrilla ways to get the word out? That's that's really the hard part. So, and just in the last couple of years since CB retired, have we been able to really uh, kind of focus on all these things? So, you know, from, from one aspect, yeah, we've got several titles available, but we still need to really focus on the marketing yeah, and the promotion. It's tough for yeah. unknown authors. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what we're trying to do right now. And um, so, you know, I mean, yeah, they're selling, but, uh, you know, still in, still in super, super small quantities, but... The goal is that uh, people that share the same taste will find us and, uh, and like it and, uh, you know, let us know. And, you know, and the goal was never to, you know, I don't know, sell a million copies. But, you know, that'd be nice if it happened. And I'd like to see them become feature films and stuff. But, you know, just for uh, CB being an author and to get them out there. and Yeah, and we're trying to um, disseminate the uh, message. Every one of the books has uh, three main themes, which is repentance forgiveness and reconciliation oh, okay so they're all healthy so as far as being christian that that part is definitely vital yeah and everybody needs a little forgiveness in their life in this day and age you know it's like, every day you, know, right. yeah, <laughs> you hear yeah. you know say something that you don't agree with and you know like you know instead of just disagreeing i mean it's like you call in a death threat nowadays you know what i mean it's like it's just kind of crazy. The more and more you listen to these things, you're like, man, people are getting less and less tolerant. Or maybe people were always so intolerant, and now it's just easier to, you know, be aware of that. I don't know. But, you know, I guess, like, the goal, too, is to, you know, spread a good, you know, message. So that's really the goal. Mm -hmm. So, Dan, the cover art on these books, I take it you're the one that's designed mm -hmm. them? Yeah, who is the young and, uh, lady you know, in the the uh, Alexa uh, Sylvan uh, novels? Yeah, she's actually a model and a friend from church in New York. And it's funny because I had been designing some really, really bad covers all along the way for CB, uh, even before design school, uh, even before I decided, you know, I really wanted to help her, you know, become like a self-publishing team. Uh, I've been like just laying some out and they were kind of some typographic solutions and you know, just kind of looking at some stock photography and trying to kind of work within my budget level and, and skill level at the time. And then, you know, I stopped after design school and I said, okay, like, let's pretend she was an actual client with some, with an actual budget. What would I do? And I said, okay, the book I want is, you know, it's about a redhead fashion designer. I'm picturing a girl in a red dress. Okay. You know, I'm picturing her looking over her right shoulder and the current version does not show a gun because Amazon will not let you advertise with them if there's a gun on the cover. So that's the reason why a lot of thrillers and suspense books and, you know, assassin books, there's no gun. Oh, I didn't I realize mean, there that. are sometimes, yeah, there are, there, you'll, you'll see it, you know, here and there, but sometimes it'll be like a bullseye or just a guy running or, okay. you know, something like that. That's easier, but they actually have denied us from advertising. And then I, I fixed the cover and then it was okay. But, um, so 
anyway, so I was just uh, looking out to friends. So I was like, okay, I want this redhead. I want a dark alley, you know, and so I was just reaching out to some friends and I knew that she had, she was a friend of a friend and she did modeling and acting. And so I ran the idea by her, you know, our budget was very small. And uh, so she was down and we went and shot it. And it's the, uh, one of the funny things too is, so I wanted this gun, right? And I was in New York. And so I started looking up, how do you get a gun in New York City? I'm sure I was flagged. Yeah, I'm sure I was flagged by a law enforcement uh, website. But it turns out that it's impossible. Like, literally, you have to have a movie studio with a million dollars of liability insurance. You have to rent, and and that's in order to rent the gun from the prop house. And if you want to have that gun in public, you have to have a police officer with you. And so I'm like, okay, there's no way we're going to be able to afford that. So I actually had her hold an umbrella. And then I photoshopped out the umbrella. I made a gun in Photoshop and then put it in her hand. So you know, you just have to you have to get creative and and just pull from all of your your resources to uh, to make it work. So these, um, uh, how do I want to put it? The 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 covers that I'm looking at right now are actually animated mm-hmm. covers. How did you do that? Yeah, animated gifts. I'm I am obsessed with animated gifts. I just you know because I know that video is more engaging. And you can't always have video, especially on the web, because uh, it's a little bit of a, you know, a memory hog. And if right. you're looking at it on your phone and it doesn't load, people will, will back out. They'll close your site in three seconds. But so, um, so some of the animated gifts. If you're if you're looking at the one where where Alexa's looking right at you and yes. shooting the gun right at you. Um, so so what I had to do actually, I didn't even have a wedding dress. I had to uh, buy a stock wedding dress, and then she was still wearing the red dress in that one. Okay, so I put that on there, and then I was able to go to a stock site, and I got a a muzzle flash uh, um, uh, sequence, and then so it was for After Effects, and I was able to export those frames as uh, transparent backgrounds in like various states. So then I was able to. Uh, in Photoshop, you can ha- you can go frame by frame and create uh, an animated GIF, and you can set the timing of each frame. So it's about six frames, and so it starts with this small one, and then you know, and then I have it you know uh, gradually get bigger, 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 and then disappear. And there's a second in between, and so uh, so yeah, there's um uh, I definitely had to to buy that one, that little the gun the gun flare, but um the the muzzle flash. Yeah. The one I but think is really cool is the mannequin dummy or the dress dummy yeah. with, I mean, that is really right. cool to do that with the oh, gunshots going into it. And then the, uh, and then the tape measure going over the shoulder. I think that's very creative. Yeah. Thanks. So that one, so that's actually a dress form. So that's a, um, that is actually a stock photo that I bought too. Okay. And then the, the bullet holes are another stock photo. And then I was able to silhouette out the, the bullet holes from the background that they were in and change them to be roughly the same color as the dress form. And that uh, tape measure, or the tape, was around uh, the dummy there in the first place. So I actually had to Photoshop it out so that, you know, at the first date, you don't see it. And then I have the, the bullet holes come in, you know, one second apart, and then, uh, and then it, it uh, slowly fades in. So, uh, you know, same way in Photoshop, and, uh, yeah, just uh, using the timeline animation tool in Photoshop, so... That yeah. that is real. <laughs> that so is really like clever. I was, I that's what drew <laughs> my attention because I'm going through um, yeah. earlier today and I'm going. These are really cool. 
So again, it uh, is thanks, man. very impressive to do that. And uh, for my audience, you're listening to uh, Online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM and also on Fayette TV Channel 77. And we're talking with C.B. Hoffman and her son, Dan. And uh, Dan, one other thing I want to ask you before I go back to your mother is it says you invented an officially licensed collegiate product. What did you invent? Oh, gosh. Oh, oh God. yeah! That was a learning. <laughs> that was a learning opportunity. <laughs> so, so we're big fans of the University of Florida. I was actually born there. Went to my first game at okay. two months old, and so you know they do the Gator Chomp. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I've seen it. Yes. Uh, they, they, okay, okay. So I was just kind of thinking, you know, I know there's a concept there. I love the Gators. My dad's like the most avid Gator fan you'll ever meet. And so they do this chomp where they, they raise their hand. You, uh, one, one hand stays at 90 degrees. The other hand goes up over your head and then, and then slaps down against the other hand. And everybody does it in unison, 95,000 fans. So I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if there was a way to add teeth to that? So I had the idea to get these wristbands that were about four inches long. And they were like the school colors and orange. And, well, I wanted to have blue. But uh, we had green and black. And, um, and then so I, I designed the teeth on the side and then um, had them manufactured. And unfortunately, they were so expensive. Uh, they, were, they were about five bucks a piece. And then I was trying to sell them for 10 to college students. And it was just too much money and just right. too much money to get them made. And, you know, everybody seemed to think it was a cool idea. But, yeah, I was actually able to get a design patent for it. And then uh, and I actually did the technical drawings myself, saved about a thousand bucks there. And um and then so I applied for officially licensed collegiate product status, and it was like probably the most laborious application <laughs> I have ever completed in my life. I'm not kidding. Like if you printed this thing out, it was like 40 or 50 pages. And I just remember the first page was like every single item in there was like create a business plan. You know, that was like item number one. And I'm like, oh, God. You know, I didn't have like a business plan. So every single item in there was just like its own kind of two or three month requirement. So, you know, but I did it and I actually got it approved and I got like the little stickers and everything. And I had all sorts of new signage design. I was able to use like the logo and everything, but I never was able to have new packaging printed. And that was kind of, uh, you know, I was just kind of out of money and, <laughs> and time it anyway. So uh, ended up just kind of folding that, but it was a good learning experience. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I did it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, that is very interesting. Um, so, yeah. so CB, what have you learned about publishing your own books and now the three audio books? What's the one thing you can take away from it? Hmm. What did I learn? I learned that you better be patient. Okay. And I learned I learned that you've got to become friends with revision. Mm. You've got to not only be willing editing. to revise. Um, yeah, well, editing, I love editing, so that's not really a, a problem. But um, like with, with the audible books, I mean, I must have, I must have recorded the first part. And one of the reasons was because Dan is very, very particular, and it's a good thing because Audible.com is very, very particular. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be careful. You know you're on the a mic all the time, but in recording, you have to be very careful that you're, when you take a breath, that is not heard, and 
no other outside sound is heard. Right. And you just—it's just, it's just really, floor really and, tough. Yeah, and and then just you know so much dead, uh, so much room uh, recorded room noise before and after. Yeah, and don't be hungry when you start to record uh, because your like... stomach is gonna hear fewer. Yeah. One of my problems, and I've looked into doing that, I've actually had someone approach me about doing a book that they did. It was a short story. And I started it for them, and then I stopped halfway through because when I record anything, I'm a perfectionist. And I don't yeah. like what I do, so I keep doing it over and over again where, to a point where I get frustrated. Yeah. If I record it live, oh, yeah. it's one and done, and I know it's I know it's okay then. But if I have yes. to think right. about it, it actually makes it more difficult for me. So that's why I've never delved into that. And I have a lot of uh, a lot of admiration for people that actually can sit there and do their best work over and over again. Because, again, yeah. you, you would read something and the first time you did it, it was a great take, but maybe you said something wrong. So then you do it again and now the inflection's wrong on one word and so on and so forth. To me, that is just yeah. – that just is – Difficult. I mean, I, I give people yeah. credit yeah, that can do that. I've got an idea. Yeah. I've got an idea. Uh, what I do is I stop. I go back and listen to it. And if there's anything at all, if you're fixing, I do it right then and there. Okay. I don't record everything and go back. No. I do my recording and my editing simultaneously. And it really... You know, when you're done, you know you're really done, and you know that you did the best you could do, and that that's, you know. Yeah, and we didn't have a choice for recording them ourselves because I started looking into uh, having an audiobook produced, and originally I was just looking into studio rental. And so then I started contacting a few different places, and they said, well, who's going to do the, the voice work? And I said, my mom. And they said, oh, gosh, no, no, no. I Nobody recommended it. Everybody tried to talk me out of it. But I found out that... Uh, six finished hours of audio. That's that was the length of the book. Was going to be three thousand yep. dollars. And I'm like, okay, there's three books in this trilogy, and you know, CB's got six books written, and we've got you know half a dozen books, you know, halfway developed. You know, I'm like, there's no way we're going to pay to have all of these turned into audiobooks. We're just going to have to do it and learn it, and however long it takes. You know, it, and it, it's kind of years. But and that method CB was just telling you. That's a good method, and that's what she's picked up after, you know. Yeah, but three books. I... And the, the, yeah. the first book, probably at least three full full recordings. And then we'd revise it, and then she'd have to change it. And Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but I recommend to you that you go ahead and try it. Yeah. Because once you really sit down, I love it. Yeah. I am so glad to have to build that. Yeah. It's very happy with that. I do miss the track, but this Bill, you've got the voice for it, man. Yeah, well, sure like, well, thank you very much. You're, you're, I like I yeah. said, I've been asked um, by a friend of mine to do it, and I started doing it, and I got to a point where, again, like I said. I become a perfectionist and I record it. I record a yeah. segment. I go back then I do it again. And then it gets to a point going, okay, I'll just take whatever I can. That's one of the reasons why when yeah. I used to work radio, it used to drive my uh, program director nuts because when I had to do the commercials, everybody else was doing them in one or two takes. I was doing them in five 
because it had well, to sound exactly the way the advertiser wanted it. And again, like I said, I, I become a perfectionist when I, when I do these things. Yeah. But yet when I do it live, I know there's no going back. So I try to do it the best the yeah. first time. And, and I think sometimes people use recording as a crutch, but the ones that can do it well, and I know a lot of people that can, I give them all the credit in the world. And for someone that has never done it before, like you, who is actually able to do it and are very happy with their product, that's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, though, um, regarding the perfectionism, I think just the more you do it, the better you'll get. And just, you know, at some point you just have to think, you know, should I keep pushing? That's right. actually what I think one of the hardest things about working for yourself. That's you true. know, and like designing book covers for your mom, I'll show her anything and she'll be like, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. And then and then I'm thinking, you know, is it do I love it? You know, is it is it completely done or do I need to keep pushing and, you know, designing for yourself and, and your mom? That's that's like really, really hard, you know, doing these things for yourself, too. You want everybody wants everything to sound like Don LaFontaine, you know, who could probably do everything in one take. Right. But, you know, like I get and, and, you know, but it is your voice and it is your ultimately the finished product. And so I understand that you want everything to be perfect, because if anybody hears anything else from you or, you know, that could go in your reel and, you know, like, you know, that is what your product is. So make sure it's perfect. And. I think just however long it takes is immaterial to the, the finished product. And I think another thing that we haven't touched on is character. Once you, once you identify with your characters and you get a good idea in your head what these people are like, their personalities and everything, it becomes easier okay. to record them because, because you are suddenly transformed into identification with them and and uh, become more or less become them it, it makes it easier when you are able to do that so you made it you made a, um, a comment also earlier about revision and being able to do that who proof who proofreads your stuff pretty much me really I mean I was uh, I was an editor, a professional okay. editor and writer before I went into teaching, and uh, yeah, so I was a, I was an editor and proofreader, so it just comes naturally to me. Because I, I help her with that. Sorry. No, because I know people that that write their own stuff and and they proofread, but they say that's always difficult for them to do because they know what they're they know what they wrote, they know what they were thinking when they were writing it, and sometimes things do get through. But I guess if you were a professional, and you did that for a career, you're able to even see past your own work. Well, I think one of the most important things, and you've probably told your students uh, this sort of thing too, is your hand does not write or type as fast as your brain. So once you have finished, you, you think you're finished, you've always got to go back and read it out loud to yourself. Okay. Make sure you didn't leave anything out that you were thinking. So you, you thought, well, it was in there. And then you find out, no, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be willing to do that. And you definitely need someone to run everything by. Um, you know, we wrote a, like a little series of, uh, well, it's, it's right now it's not a series. It's a, it's a one-off. But we have a couple of uh, how-to guides. Well, we have a how-to guide. It's on cbhoffman.com slash how-to. 
And so that's C is in cat, B is in boy, and then Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N dot com slash how to. We have uh, some uh, tips. It's just some bullet points and, uh, you know, no fluff in there. But one of the things we recommend is to submit it for copyright to, you know, copyright.gov before you share it with anybody. Because okay. you can have people sign non-disclosure agreements all day long but if you've submitted it for copyright and anybody says try to steal it then you know you've got irrefutable proof that you know it was yours and you submitted it first and then and then um you can get all the help you want you know with editing and you know family and friends and advice and proofing and ghostwriting and anything else you want to do and then you can resubmit it for copyright with changes so um so I think that's a real good way to do that if you're going to share and invite collaborators to help, you know, whether or not you use their advice. So the other thing that um, and and I, I read the bio and um, both of your bios that, as you said earlier, the one of the things that you're having, not that you're having a difficult time, it's, it's slow on the upkick, is the marketing of the books or the marketing yeah, of the right. podcast, everything else. But from yeah. what I can tell from what you sent me, you have one heck of an online media president presence just right now. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's, it's gaining, um, <laughs> it's gaining influence. I yeah. Guess. You know, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the day where Twitter, right. Get a free copy of the book and, you know, within five seconds, she's got five. You know, so I'm just looking forward to that. Uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I feel like what we're doing is good, and uh, we believe in it, and we're passionate about it. So, you know, whatever happens, happens, and uh, we'll just keep doing our thing. Because I think the interesting part about what you're doing is not only are you doing it for yourselves, but it seems to me like you're willing to share what you've done and how you got to where you're at with other people if they're willing to ask you. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, think, think of all the people out there who have a story worth writing and worth mm -hmm. telling and worth reading, but they're, they're, they have no self-confidence and they have no knowledge, first-hand knowledge of how to take care of what they're doing. And it, like Dan said, it's next to impossible to find yourself a publisher. So I remember hearing about Tom Clancy. He, he was uh, rejected by over 18 publishers mm -hmm. he went to the department of the navy and they're the ones that published hunt for red october oh really i didn't realize and then that. they started yeah and then they started all the publishers started knocking down his door when once that came out from the navy yeah yeah and uh, dan brown had written um four books i think it was finally uh uh oh gosh i'm forgetting the name but um, his fourth book was the one that, um, you know, got some finally started to gain some traction. And then everybody found out about his first four, his, his, his uh, three previous books. And then they all started to, you know, sell. So I think once people find your taste and once they finally hear your message, if they do, hopefully, you know, and they share that taste, then they're going to like what you write and they're going to like your style. And, you know, we're still looking forward to that happening. <laughs> Yeah, so we're just going to keep marketing and promoting yeah. and pushing and just keep doing our and thing. And I, I like promoting a healthy message. Okay. Yeah. There's enough junk out there. Yeah. I have read quite a bit of it. Yeah. And Bill, you know, honestly, I think if we would have known how much work going to be back then, I thought, you know, I, I don't know if I would have stuck with it. Right. Well, yeah. 
you know, developing organically. And, you know, because so like, okay, it's a cool book. So we got to format it for the three different online publishers. We got to record the audio book. We got to turn it into, um, you know, like a short film if we can for right. a little publicity, you know, and we need to, uh, now we're working on an audio drama podcast, the marketing and the promotion and the other books. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, do a little video editing and little, you know, other stuff here and there. And it's kind of like most businesses like to laser focus in on what they're good at. For us, it's, you know, it's the exact opposite. It's like, okay, we need to do everything and we need to create a, a to-do list, which is always five pages long. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of chipping away as best we can you know so <laughs> it's uh not for the faint of heart so cb you taught school for yes. for 29 years and i always yes. hear that they keep saying that the next generation does not read do you find that true mm. or are you trying to prove everybody wrong by what you're writing well i think that uh computers and and uh, visual graphics and that sort of thing are winning over more and more people and yeah they read hey it's what do they read right do you ha do you have students sitting in your classroom reading their cell phones and messing with social media during the middle of class yeah it drives me you know crazy. i mean yeah <laughs> yeah and, and so uh that's they they are reading, but it's what's important right. to them. Yeah, and you know, but I have a question. So, if you're listening to an audiobook, I mean, that's that's not reading, right? Right. It's it's consuming content, but it's it's not uh, in the traditional reading sense. But voice and video are going to be huge, and you know, I think there there will always be a market for reading, and and that's why we turn the first book into a print book, and uh, because people still like a tangible book. But, right. You know, I just need some the turn all the remaining books. I think I think visual stimulation is winning over the younger generation. Yeah. And that's why they don't want to sit still long enough to read much. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see with the audio drama podcast. Uh, you know, once we get that make, up and running, so everything that's written come alive. Yeah. So, uh, which again, I think is really interesting because. As I said, what I teach and what I have taught, I actually taught a radio broadcasting course. And 20 years oh. ago, when I taught the course, I taught them what a radio play was. And they looked at me and thought I was crazy. Well, now you're doing a mm -hmm. drama podcast, which is the same thing they were doing in the 1930s and 40s, except they were doing it yeah. on the radio and they were doing it through the Screen Actors Guild and these organizations where you had stars giving voice to the to the words and it's like boy we're coming yeah. full circle now yeah 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 it's really interesting the audio drama podcast is a really fast growing niche market but uh, people really, really really hooked and uh, it's, it's just really interesting too to see the young demographic doing that like because i mean think about it you have the headphones now everybody has the wireless headphones right you can bring those to the and I mean, you can listen to music all day long, but once you've heard everything, you know, that kind of gets boring. So my wife and I find we will go for a run outside and we'll have some podcast on about how to build an email list and how to do all this marketing and, and stuff like that. And, and sometimes audio dramas. And we're always just wanting to learn something new. And, and uh, the, the audio is a great way to do it. And when you're driving, 
you know, uh, it's a little bit too distracting for me to have a movie playing on the phone, but I think audio is a great way to do that and listen to interviews with people and, and just learn whatever you can. And, and when I was in New York, you know, you're on the train underground, you can download something and right. listen to it on, you know, have to pull your phone out. And so I think voice is going to be a real big, and especially with Alexa. Oh, and by the way, we named our Alexa about 10 years before Amazon's Alexa. Yeah, so, that's yeah. right. <laughs> but I would love for today to be able to say, Alexa, play Alexa, you know, so yeah. that'd be cool. But our our do it yourself uh, manual and the the uh, notes that we're, we've got online that people can post, all of that is all with everything that we're learning about podcasts and all that that's being added. And we're thinking about we're thinking about creating a master class kind of. Oh, okay. Can teach all that to people too. Yeah, just another thing on our to-do list. <laughs> so the audio, the, the the drama podcast you're doing, what is it about? It's it's the books. Yeah. Oh, it, it is. So, so you're just so the, reenacting the books then. Yes. But, yeah. But let me tell you how exciting it is for it to come alive to you. Yeah. So the first one, so consuming fire and Alexis Sylvan novel. We have we've named it uh, Fashion Assassin Podcast. And okay. We have the URL, and I'm kind of in the early stages of uh, designing a header for it. I'm actually having a little bit of a hard time trying to get the uh, the header to resize to different sizes, but you know, and I always keep getting pulled off of that. I'll spend 30 minutes on it and then have to work on something else. But so the artwork for that's not done. But we're we're developing the stuff. So what's going to happen is uh, my dad, my brother, and I are going to do the voices for all the guys in the books. Okay. And uh, we subscribe to a stock audio library, and we're downloading Police Sirens and Chase Music and Footsteps and Explosions and Gunshots. gunshots and, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so hopefully it's going to you know help the books come alive and. You know, hopefully uh, every now and then we'll be able to collect an email address and uh, notify people of a new podcast. And so, uh, you know, and basically the whole reason we're trying to do that is to just develop the audience, just to get some fans interested and pay attention when you release something. And it, it, yeah. on, on C.B. Hoffman, you know, if they don't put in two F's and two N's on Hoffman, they won't get me. Yeah, I found that but out I, earlier. Yes, I, I realized that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've actually tried to buy the one with one in, but they it's never It's a corporation that opens it. Okay. No, no, no. Web domain. Yeah, but if you go to, at the bottom of my website, cbhoffman.com, if you go all the way to the bottom, you will see a YouTube link, and you will find... The short film that Dan uh, basically directed. Okay. Of uh, the first action scene in the yeah. very first chapter of the first book. Yeah, it's a different Alexa. This time it's my wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. And actually, uh, we had a friend who was involved with law enforcement. And uh, so it's pretty cool. He comes in and he really looks the part. You, you know, he's got me. the hat. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a, a formidable uh physical character yeah. and he comes in with a light and a gun and you know it was really cool we had an hour in the in uh this local church and it ended up taking us an hour and a half and if i had the chance i would redo almost everything i think my focus was a little bit soft in places and and sometimes we we had to go back and film some stuff later so you can kind of notice a little bit difference in the light because you know we didn't have lighting we were we using took, basically we took natural a natural light production class yeah. so with with the the audio pod with the podcast you're doing, is it going to be word for word from the book, or is it going to be a condensed version of the book? 
it's word for word. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And only with, uh, with guys doing the guys parts and, uh, yeah. And hopefully, uh, you know, a lot of excitement. <laughs> right. Yes. And where's, you don't have to... and that's going to be available at Go your ahead. website, correct? Um, that will be, at, uh, there will be a link on the website for sure. I haven't okay. done it yet, but, uh, that's fashion assassin podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, and we're we're almost ready to go yeah. live. Yeah. Uh, how much longer do you yeah, think it's going to take? Uh, hopefully, no more than another week. Yeah. You know, one of the <laughs> Dan doesn't do, sound too so, sure on that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. We we wanted to have like we wanted to have a couple of, like a month ago, and then the more and more we find out, see, it's hard because we're trying to produce it and and record the guys parts in addition to learning out how to do it right and like the both sides and so we we bought a wordpress theme and uh, you know registered the domain and then so we found out that you have to ultimately export the mp3 file and so uh then you have to put that up as a blog post on your site and then take that url and submit that to uh itunes and stitcher and and google play and you know, there's about 10 different places. And then there's also some plugins for WordPress that can do that for you. Like our site uses Blueberry. And uh, from what I understand, once you link Blueberry to all of these different sites and once you and then you publish the new podcast, uh, then it will push it out to all the other sites. Right. But some of these sites are three to five days. So are you familiar with all that? Oh, yeah, because that's what I do, that's what I do with my program, too. Oh really? Do you yeah. use Blueberry? I used to use. Oh, cool. I used to use Blueberry, the, the, and not that they're advertising on the program. The the, the program I'm working now, or the website is called Red Circle, R E D C I R C L E dot com. Okay. And okay. Um, that's uh, actually the one I'm using right now because it is a new startup out of San Francisco, and they're actually giving you control over what you're doing. And right now. Actually, from what they're claiming, it's not going to cost anything because they, for some reason, are being generous with their product right now. Now, I know that's going to change eventually, but it's actually a wow. very nice setup. I've been using them now for three months. Oh, so oh, you, wow. so you publish a podcast to your site and then Red Circle pushes it out yes. everywhere? Yeah. Because oh. you can oh, find okay. me on. You Let can me write that down. <laughs> you can, not that <laughs> yeah. I'm promoting myself, but you can find me on Stitcher. You can f find me on Tuned In. You can find me yeah. on Podcast.com. You can find me on iTunes. Um, where else? Great. There. Oh, Podcast FM. There's a lot of sites out there. Once you get on the main three or four, then there's other sites that are are less known. That will then what the term used to be is called spidering, and then they would pull it in. Okay. So they will actually be able to get it do it. But once you get on iTunes or get on Stitcher oh. or um, the other one now is called Radio Public. Once you get on those, then everybody gets a hold of it. Okay. Okay. Wow. And does um does Red Circle provide you with a kind of a list of these? Like, so do you have to go individually and set up an account at all these places? No. And then just link that to Red Circle. All you have to do is you you, you most people have an iTunes account, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all you have to do is go to iTunes, and all you have to do is give them your RSS feed for the podcast, and then they do all the rest of the work. Uh huh. Okay. 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 Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I guess we're uh, we're maybe. 70% of the way there on our understanding of how that works. Okay. So, 
Uh, did you have to submit? Did you have to submit three or to five podcast uh, episodes for them to approve it? Oh my goodness! I've been I've been doing podcasts now for the last fifteen years. I don't remember that far back. Yeah. Oh no, no. With you. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no. But I mean, I mean. Um, so what I've heard that like when you're submitting to some of these these um, podcast places is some people will submit one episode right. and sometimes they don't think that that's enough to kind of, get I, a I think for, what they're doing but, is they're trying to be selective because they, they'll, they'll accept anybody, but I think what they're trying okay. to do is that they're trying to make sure that this is not a one and done thing, that it's actually going to be something yeah, you're okay. going to continue with. And I think is what the idea is behind it. Okay. All right. And then we heard somebody else say that you should have at least 10 episodes in the can because you want to those first two weeks, you want to go into the new and notable right. uh, category, so that you get, uh, I guess, better rotation and, mm-hmm. or, or listings and stuff like that. And so, you know, uh, so I, I do, I do think a, a week is possible. I think it would, yeah. But it's very concerted effort. Yeah. Do yeah. this. Say it's going to be the first week of July. That gives you two weeks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the problem is the problem is we actually have a TV appearance on the 27th, and I'd like to say that it's live, but you know, if it's not, it'll be live soon, soon, yeah. soon. Well, yeah. Yeah. C- CB Dan, I appreciate you guys taking time and talking with me this evening. I enjoyed it, and um, oh, I, likewise, I'd like we to, learned a lot from you. Yeah, and I've learned a lot from you. I'd like to keep in touch with you. So whenever the podcast does go live and anything else uh, that you have coming out. Um, we can talk about it. It would be great to have you on the show again. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Thank excellent. you very much. Thank yeah, looking you. Forward to it. Very kind of you. So you have a great night, and we'll talk to you next time. Sounds yes, great. You yeah. too. Thank All you very right. much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. CB and Dan Hoffman here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. And again, go to CB Hoffman, two Fs, two Ns, Dot com to uh, check out their uh, book series and the new audio podcast is going to be based on the trilogy that they have, the um, Assassin Fashion Designer, which uh, sounds interesting, who goes by Alexa. Go figure, they had the name first, right. Anyhow, yours truly, Bill Alexander, with you. It's time to wrap up another program tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening to us on WMCK.FM and also watching us on Fayette TV Channel 77. And don't forget, we're broadcasting live, as it says right here behind my shoulder, from the Phil G. and Eddie Motors studio, high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. If you're looking for a quality pre-owned car, give Chip a call at 724-785-6800. No matter where you're at in the United States, give Chip a call or stop by his website at philgianettimotors.com. So, folks, I am out of here. If you can hear the music in just a few moments, you can tell. Anyway, you guys have a great night. We'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.